Hallelujah, Jesus. We are your people. The sheep of your pasture. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are our God. Our exceeding great reward. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity you've given us today to enter into your presence. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity this morning to draw close to you, to enter into your presence, to receive of you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm so awed by you. I'm so in awe of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He is such an awesome God. He has done so much to us who are so undeserving. We don't deserve any good thing from God. But it is His desire, it is His privilege, it is His, it is his heartbeat to give good gifts to His children. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I am so thankful for you. I am so thankful for your so great salvation, your daily provision, the relationship that you established with me. Thank you for cleaning me, Lord Jesus, and putting me on my high place. You loved me and you saved me when I was a long ways off. Hallelujah, Jesus. We do laud and magnify you. We give glory and honor unto you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It's okay to spend time and wait on God. This is not a waste of time. This is entertaining the presence of God. This is responding to the presence of God in this place. It's okay that we tarry here for a while. into the presence of God as we push closer to Him. Receive of Him. Receive of the Lord that which He has for you today. Whatever that might be. Whatever it is you need.
Let the Lord Jesus Christ minister to you today. So we proceed with this service. He's God here. He's the king in this place. This is his service. We are his people. I acknowledge, Lord Jesus, that you are the sovereign Lord and God here. That you are altogether sovereign in this place. That whatever your heart's desire is, that that would be manifest today. Give strength to and encourage your people. Those that are fighting, those that are in the midst of the battle, Strengthen them. Encourage them today, I pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. There are people present here, people present online, who need this. This is exactly what they need, is to tarry in the presence of God for just a little while receive the direct ministration of his spirit, to hear his voice and to feel his touch. Let's avail ourselves of this opportunity today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus.
Praise God. Let's respond to the word of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. God. What an awesome God we serve. He knows exactly where we're at. He knows exactly what we're going through. He knows exactly what we need. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Second Kings chapter 18. Start reading at verse 28. 2 Kings chapter 18, starting with verse 28. Then Rabshakeh stood and cried with a loud voice in the Jews' language and spake, saying, Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus saith the king, Let not Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you out of his hand. Neither let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us, and this city shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. Hearken not to Hezekiah, for thus saith the king of Assyria, Make an agreement with me by a present, and come out to me, and then eat ye every man of his own vine." and every one of his fig tree, and drink ye every one the waters of his cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of corn and wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive oil and of honey, that ye may live and not die, and hearken not unto Hezekiah, when he persuadeth you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. Hath any of the gods of the nations delivered at all his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath? And of Arphed, where are the gods of Sepharvaim, Hena, and Iva? Have they delivered Samaria out of mine hand? Who are they among all the gods of the countries that have delivered their country out of mine hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of mine hand? But the people held their peace and answered him not a word. For the king's commandment was, saying, Answer him not. Then came Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, which was over the household, 
and Shebna the scribe, and Joah the son of Asaph the recorder, to Hezekiah with their clothes rent, and told him the words of Rabshakeh. We'll speak for a few minutes on this topic, the Almighty God. Let's pray and ask him to minister in this remaining time that we have this morning, according to his will, according to our desperate need. Lord Jesus, you are an awesome God. You have already visited your people this morning with a mighty visitation. We worship and we praise you and we thank you for your mercy and your goodness and your grace to usward. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to minister to your people strength, encouragement, guidance, according to our need, according to your perfect will today. Let your mighty name, let your wondrous name be glorified in our midst here today. Encourage, strengthen your people this morning. And these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for responding to the presence. Can be seated. In this account, we begin to see some understanding as to how the enemy operates in our lives. Hezekiah right now was not in a very good spot. He was not very strong militarily. He was facing uh, perhaps one of the most powerful nations in the world at this time. They were right at the doorstep of Jerusalem. And the enemy was explaining to the people of God that no one who has trusted in their God has succeeded against me thus far. And he was correct. That's one problem we have when the enemy comes and wants to talk to us is that it's mostly good information. When the enemy comes to us and tells us that we've failed, that we've let people down, that we have not fulfilled the plan of God, some of that is true. I have failed God. I have been a disappointment to Him at times. And it's hard for us to shake that because we know in our heart of hearts, yeah, that's actually true. Come and says, I have an unbroken string of victories against every other God. Don't think that your God is going to be any different. They didn't answer the enemy at all. Instead, what Hezekiah did, is he rent his clothes, and he put on sackcloth, and he sent his best servants to the man of God, the prophet Isaiah, with these words. He acknowledges that a response was in order. 
but that he was powerless right now to mount the proper response. In fact, he uses this phrase. This is a day of trouble and of rebuke and blasphemy. For the children are come to the birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. This is the right time. This is the time to press the attack. This is the time to answer the enemy in kind. But I'm powerless to do so. I don't have the strength at this point to mount the proper response. The enemy comes to them causing fear and doubt in their God. That's a common strategy because it works so well. When the Bible refers to us as sheep, it refers to us aptly. We get skittish very easily. We start doubting in the provision of God very quickly. We are prone to fear. He details why they should be afraid. All the victories, all the successes I've had. Hezekiah calls to the man of God. Because maybe the Lord has heard the words of Rabshakeh. And maybe He'll respond. He concludes that God will mount this response necessary, not because they're worthy, not because they've earned it, but because they have blasphemed not Hezekiah, not the nation of Israel. But Israel's God. Rabshakeh blasphemed the Lord God of Israel. And for that reason, Hezekiah concludes, God will respond. Speak the words in the prophet Isaiah. God answers. Almost, almost dismissively, Almost kind of offhand. Yep, I'll take care of it. There. Don't worry. <clears throat> and uh, so, okay, great. That's a good answer. But then, a little bit later, a letter to them. And... He goes into more detail, uses a little bit stronger language. We look at 2 Kings 19, starting with verse 20. I'm sorry, that's his response. The king gets a letter, and he continues to say, Don't trust in God. Don't be deceived. 
thinking that God is going to save you. He can't. He won't. The nations that resisted me, I've destroyed utterly. Don't be like them. Don't be like them. Submit to me, and I'll make sure things are well with you. Don't bother fighting this battle. It's not worth it. You can't win. Have you ever felt like that? Has the enemy ever approached you with something so overwhelming, maybe caught you off guard, blindsided you, and you're in the place right now where I've been fighting this, and I've been fighting that, I can't fight any more battles. I just don't have the strength. I'm all fought out. We're human beings. We can only fight so so long. In war. You don't want people on the front line for a year and a half. They're going to be destroyed. They need to fall back to the rear and and recoup. Rest. Gain strength. Then, when when they're refreshed, then they can come back and fight some more. Sometimes it feels like that we're fighting for so long and we're fighting so hard for so long. We get this, this thing done and then immediately there's another battle to wage and then that, that's taken care of. God gives us victory over here and then this comes at us. Sometimes it gets discouraging and we start feeling like I'm spent. I know a response is required. I know, I know this has to be taken care of. But there's just nothing in here right now. There's no strength to bring forth. And in that time, in that time we can turn to the Lord. He has strength enough and to spare. So he receives this letter. And he spreads it before the Lord. Isaiah sends to him. Saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, That which thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. And he answers quite a bit differently this time. His response is a little bit richer, a little bit fuller, a little bit in my mind. This this is how I look at the two responses. When a child comes to their mom or their dad and they're like 
Mom, 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 can I, can I do this? Can I do this? And, you know, she's busy talking or she's busy doing the housework or something. Yeah, 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 that's fine, that's fine. Go ahead. And then just goes back to her stuff. That, that's how I kind of view that first response. <coughs> but I only, I only view it like that in light of the second response. Because the second response is more like mother bends down and is talking with the son or the, the, the daughter and giving them a, a, a very full, direct answer. And that's how I see the second answer. That the Lord is reassuring, the, 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 the Lord is strengthening the weary arms of this king. And he says, this is the word that the Lord hath spoken concerning him. I'm going to read the whole thing because I think it's awesome. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, hath despised thee. And laugh thee to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem hath shaken her head at thee. Whom hast thou reproached and blasphemed? And against whom hast thou exalted thy voice? And lifted up thine eyes on high, even against the Holy One of Israel. And sometimes that's difficult for us to understand and to remember. Like the prophet Samuel. They didn't reject Samuel. They rejected God, that he should be king over them. Sennacherib and Rabshakeh, has, they, they're not blaspheming the name of Israel. They're blaspheming Israel's God, saying, God cannot save. God cannot deliver out of my hand. That he's stronger than God. The enemy is not stronger than God. We can give him power over us, over our situation. We can relinquish authority in our lives to him. But he is not more powerful than our God. And he never will be. If we're feeling like he's more powerful than us, through Jesus he's not. But if you ever get to feeling like he is, we can turn to God. When our strength is spent when it seems like our hope is lost. I don't see a way out of this. We can turn to God for help and for strength and for encouragement and for a way out. By thy messengers thou hast reproached the Lord and hast said with the multitude of my chariots I am come up to the height of the mountains, to the sides of Lebanon, and will cut down, cut down the tail cedar trees thereof and the choice fir trees thereof, and I will enter into the lodgings of his borders and into the forest of his carmel. I have digged and drunk strange waters, and with the sole of my feet have I dried up all the rivers of besieged places. Hast thou not heard long ago how I have done it? And have been... And of ancient times that I have formed it, now have I brought it to pass that thou shouldest be to lay waste fenced cities into ruinous heaps. Therefore their inhabitants were of small power. They were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field, and as the, herb, the green herb, as the grass of the housetops, and as corn blasted before it be grown up. And rightly so, because they trusted in dumb idols who cannot save. 
who cannot speak, who cannot deliver. But I know thy abode, and thy going out, and thy coming in, and thy rage against me. Because thy rage against me and thy tumult has come up into mine ears, therefore I will put my hook in, in thy nose, and my bridle in thy lips, and I will turn thee back. I will turn thee back by the way that thou, which thou hast came. And this shall be a sign unto thee, ye shall eat this year such things as grow of themselves, and in the second year that which springeth of the same. And in the third year sow ye and reap and plant vineyards and eat the fruits thereof. And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall yet again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant, and they that escape out of Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall do this. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor cast a bank against it. By the same way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into this city, saith the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. We know the end of the story. God sends the angel amongst the ranks of the enemies and slays 185,000 soldiers. And the king wakes up all alone in the midst of a steaming pile of corpses. So, nothing else planned for the day. May as well head home. He headed home. And two of his sons killed him in the house of his God. That's the end result of all those who raise their voice, who lift themselves up in pride against our God. No one is going to beat our God. No one is going to come against the people of God because he fights for us. He defends his body. He defends the church. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to sweat. We don't have to fear or tremble. When bulwark against the enemy, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord God of hosts, is here to save. He fights for us. Praise God. The enemy is good at lying. He's good at deceiving. He has no power. He has no authority over us. Not anymore. Not through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus has given us his power and his authority over the enemy. You've got to believe that. He's given it to us to use in his behalf. But the enemy will lie. He will deceive. That we don't have power. Not in this particular situation. Not in this situation you're facing right now. You don't have authority over us. You have authority over these, but not over us. You don't have authority over this, this thing that you're struggling with. You've got victory over here, but this is going to remain. You're never going to get victory in this. 
That's a lie. It's a stinking lie. We've got to stop listening to the enemy and start listening to God. The enemy is loud and he's obnoxious and he's in your face. And he brings good arguments to the table. The best lies are. The best lies are almost all good information, truth. <clears throat> Stop listening to the enemy. When he comes, don't listen to him. Whatever he says is a lie. Whatever he says is false, it's wrong, it's not worth listening to. And I know, it preaches good now, in the presence of God, amongst brethren and sisters. But when you're all alone, and you're in the midst of the battle, and you're feeling discouraged, and you're tired, and you're feeling pulled down, I have disappointed God, that's correct. And it starts to make a lot of sense. It's then that we need to remember. That's the enemy speaking. That's not God speaking to us. God would never speak to you like that. There is no condemnation. If we need to repent, He'll convict us of our sin. And lead us to repentance. So that He can forgive us. And heal us. And move forward in Him. It's the enemy that wants to condemn and destroy and kill us where we, wherever we're at. And he'll only do that when we're weak and when we're tired and when we're separated from others. When we're all alone. No good hunter is going to attack a strong enemy. Read Sun Tzu. Anyone know who Sun Tzu is? Yeah. He'll tell you. Don't attack them when they're strong. Attack them when they're weak. Attack them when they're separated. That's when you attack. The enemy knows that. Don't separate yourself. Don't separate yourself from the people of God. Don't separate yourself from church. Don't do it. You make yourself a target. By separating yourself, you cut yourself off from strength. You cut yourself off from people who love you and care for you and are praying for you, and want you to succeed. We're going to say dumb things. I promise you that. If I haven't done it yet, it's coming. I'm going to offend you. I'm going to say something stupid, and you're going to, not meaning to, you're going to take it a certain way that I didn't mean, and, and then we're going to have that taught. And we're going to have to work through that. It's going to happen. I'm a human being. You're human beings. We are going to... We're going to make each other a little angry, frustrated. But that doesn't take away from the fact that I love you. And I want to see you succeed. I want to see you do great things for God. You might offend me. You might say something not meaning to. And I, I have a bad day, I take it the wrong way. I don't believe that you mean that. I'm just, I'm just proceeding under the assumption that 
you all love me, and you want me to succeed. Amen. You want to see me do great things for God. Together, we're going to do great things for God. But it's going to be together. It's going to be uh, because God fights for us. It's not in our strength. It's not in our wisdom. It's not... I, someone else is, is doing this great thing over here. Let's try that. Maybe that will work for us. I don't think that's the right way to proceed. I think God has a direction for this church. I think God has a, a plan for this city, for this county. And we're going to pursue that. But it's going to be because He's given us the direction. He's given us the timing. And He's going before us, fighting our battles before us. He's fighting with us. He is our rear reward. Walking behind us. He fights for us. We don't have to worry. When we do get discouraged, when we do get tired, we can simply turn to Him. He is our strength. He fights for us. I am so thankful for that. Because we are people. We are humans. And our strength is finite. And at some point, it simply runs out. God's strength never runs out. His just keeps redoubling and redoubling and redoubling until the situation is taken care of. There's no limit to His strength. There's no limit to what He when you are in a state of need. So when Rabshakeh comes knocking at your door, telling you about all the victories and the hopeless situation you're in, and you may as well just let me in. You may as well just let this thing happen. I'll take care of you. It'll be okay. It's not worth fighting this battle. It's not worth fighting. We talked last, uh, last service about uh, salvation and the... Uh, the idea that our culture has become more and more casual, more and more uh, light, light with, with things that ought to be taken seriously. And the enemy will play on that. There are some battles that are just not worth fighting. They're just not worth it. Just let this happen over here. You can, you can concentrate on the big battle. Don't worry about this little thing over here. I'm going to worry about them both. Because whenever the enemy approaches, a response is required. Whenever the enemy comes knocking, there is a response that needs to take place. And it's not throwing up a white flag. That's not the response that's required. The response is a battle. The response is action. The response is a fight. And if I can't do it, I have a God that will fight my battle for me. The enemy is ruthless. He is absolutely ruthless. Don't give in. Don't listen to him. When the enemy approached Jesus in his 40 days of, of fasting, That made a lot of sense. He wasn't just spewing off garbage, Satan. He was making sense. And we know in the flesh Jesus was already thinking it because of how he prayed at the Garden of Gethsemane. 
he didn't want to go through with it. So when Satan approached him and said, you don't have to. I'll just give it to you. I'll just give it to you. Easy peasy. All you got to do is bow down and worship me. Jesus said, no, not worth it. Thus saith the Lord. Thou shalt serve the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Satan keeps trying. He keeps presenting him with scenarios, situations. But he'll have none of it. He was probably not in a very good spot right now, Jesus. Forty days. No food. The Bible says he afterward and hungered. That's reference to the fact that that fast was done. The medical term is autophagy. Uh, when, when you're fasting, it's, it's healthy. It's a, it's a health benefit to you because uh, during the fast, what the, what the body uses for sustenance is, is fat cells, fat molecules, and then it breaks down old proteins that are just garbage. They're getting in the way. Old dead tissue, diseased tissue. It's basically a house cleaning. It cleans you out. But at some point during that fast, it starts feeding on healthy tissue. And that's, that's when starvation starts to set in and that's when you need to break the fast. That's where Jesus was at. He started getting hungry again. That's the body saying, it's time. We're done, we're done cleaning. It's time to eat now. So he was not in a very good spot right now, physically. That's when he comes. That's when he comes. Jesus, at the end of a 40-day fast, all alone, no one around, just him and just him and Jesus. That's when he comes, when he perceives you're at your weakest. The first uh, suggestion is, well, just don't get weak. I don't know if that's an option, but if it is, man, do that one. Just don't get weak. <laughs> Stay strong, always. <clears throat> Maybe that's possible if you pray enough and we're human beings. That's probably not always possible. We get in situations where we do get discouraged. We do get weak. We do get separated. We do get all alone. God fights our battles for us. He will always fight for us. Trust in God. Trust in Jesus Christ. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter what situation comes down the road, some of these things are so difficult to work through and fight through. They are. I'm not saying that it's, it's easy. I'm not saying you're just going to sail on through. What I am saying is you have a God that fights beside you. You have a God walking with you in the midst of these things. Giving you strength. Giving you direction. Giving you encouragement. And if we stay faithful to Him, if we stay holding on to His hand, he will bring us through these situations as pure gold. We will be refined and we will be more like Him, better able to serve, better able to demonstrate Jesus to this world. Some of these things are simply necessary. 
for us to be perfected. In conclusion, when we cannot mount a proper response to the enemy's machinations, God will do so himself for his great name's sake. He has placed his name here with us, his church. We are his body. We are his people. We will come to the end of our strength from time to time. Sometimes, I think, so that we will turn to God. So that we will seek His face for help and strength in time of need. A lot of the situations we face as Christians, and I believe more and more as we progress, will be beyond our ability to affect beyond our ability to to deal with or to resolve. We will need to turn to God. We will need to ask Him for strength, for guidance, for deliverance, for help. When King David approached Goliath, it was only after he'd had a few other battles smaller battles, easier battles, but battles nonetheless. Now he was ready to trust God for the big battle. In our lives, God will demonstrate his faithfulness to us. God will demonstrate that he does fight for us. In the little ones, the small times, the small situations, they're big at the time, until we get bigger and they don't seem so big anymore my problems as a 14 year old seemed really big at the time and then I moved out now my problems didn't seem so big at 14 anymore but as we progress in God as our battles progress he will teach us dependence on him He will teach us reliance in His strength, His wisdom. And He will encourage us to do so. As a church, as the people of God, there will be no going back. When we say yes to God, there's no going back. You can't put your hand to the plow and turn back. We've got to keep moving forward. And I'll tell you one thing that's waiting for us, ahead of us, for sure, and that's battles. That's fights. That's one thing for sure waiting for us. But through that, we can also be assured of victories, successes, miracles, the power of God demonstrated on earth. We've got to go through the fight to get there. Let God lead you through that. Let God's strength be with you in the midst of that. Let's all stand.
we can all come to the front. I'm thankful today that it doesn't matter what situation I face. It doesn't matter how hard it seems to me. They all seem pretty difficult to me from my perspective. But from God's vantage point, they're not really a big deal. Infinite strength, infinite power and authority, infinite knowledge and wisdom will do that to a situation. It'll make it seem pretty tiny. Remember, too, that even the situation itself has to submit itself to the will of God. God's desire is accomplished, the situation is going to end. Period. Peter's storm, when he walked out on the water, it was calmed supernaturally after God's purpose was served. Your storm will be too. When God's purpose is served, when His plan is in you, goes away. So thankful this morning for a God that fights for us. He fights for us. There are situations going on presently. There are, I have no doubt, least a few of you that are battle weary and are perhaps a little bit tired, a little discouraged and are in need of strength. Let's call out to God and receive strength today. Receive rest. If you're not, if you are spiritually well rested and ready to go back and fight fight in behalf of these who perhaps need a little rest. Let's fight for them this morning. Our brothers and our sisters, our comrades in arms, we fight together. We go through the battles together. We suffer together. We rejoice together. We have victories together. Amen. Let's receive strength today. Let's pray for others to receive strength today. We need God. We need each other. We can't do this by ourselves. standing next to you. I need all of you. Amen. Let's call out to God for just a little bit today. Lord Jesus, it is your desire that when things get hard, 
when things get difficult in our lives, that we turn to you for strength, that we turn to you for encouragement. We saw in your word today the proper response when the enemy comes. I pray, Lord Jesus, that when the enemy does come, and he will, that we can mount a proper response. You've given us power. You've given us authority to use in your behalf. You've given us victory over all the power of the enemy. Help us, I pray, first and foremost, to mount the proper response when the enemy comes, when he approaches, when he tries to speak to us and discourage us and weaken us, to weaken our faith, to weaken our, our, our trust and our confidence in you. Help us to respond in kind. But if, Lord Jesus, we're all fought out, if we're in a situation that we just can't mount a proper response, we can't answer properly, if we turn to you, Lord Jesus, you will mount the response. You will fight. You are our defense. You are our shield and our buckler, our high tower, our strength, our shield. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray that you would encourage those who have been fighting. I pray that you would undergird with strength those whose strength perhaps is weakened, whose confidence is perhaps a little shaken. I pray, O oh Lord God, that you would speak comfortably to these because they are weary. Fight. Fight for them. Defend them. For your great name's sake. The enemy does not blaspheme us. The enemy couldn't really care less about us except for how it affects you. The only reason we have his attention at all is because you love us and he hates you. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name that you would defeat the enemy in our lives, that you would defeat him once and for all. We take authority over spirits, demons, devils, principalities, powers, take authority over each and every one of them right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I command you to shut your mouth right now. I command you to leave the people of God alone. I bind you. I bind you hand and foot and cast you forth from this place in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray, Lord Jesus. are tired, that when we tarry in your presence, that when we sit at your feet, that we would receive strength, strength enough in time of battle, strength to continue, strength to move forward in you. Hallelujah, Jesus.
body to one, I pray that we would esteem other better than ourselves, that we would encourage each other, we would submit ourselves one to another in ministry and in service. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help us, I pray, to serve you with all of our hearts, all of our souls, all of our minds, all of our strength. Help us, Lord Jesus, to fight these battles and to trust in you when it's too much, to hope in you when we're overwhelmed. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Use your people, I pray. Use your people to work to work wonders, to work miracles in this city, in this county. I pray that we, your people, would effectually demonstrate you to this world. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. so important that we have a, a proper understanding, a proper a proper knowledge of what it means to be a Christian, what it means to live for God, to serve God. <coughs> Our ideas are touched and influenced by society, by culture, by centuries of church history and more often than not we discover that we find no basis in scripture I want to know what thus saith the Lord concerning these things what does he think living for him means what's his idea of serving him that's what I want to know. That's what I want to do. <clears throat> As we draw ever closer to that understanding, I don't claim to have perfect understanding. I don't know if anyone does, but I, I strive. We all do. We seek understanding to know. As we draw closer to that and start implementing that, Become simultaneously more powerful through God and weaker in ourselves. We will simultaneously experience more joy and peace and experience more battles, more fights. Demonstrate him. 
Thank you. You are dismissed in Jesus' name.